This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is a Saturday morning already. Can you believe it? The weekend's all here. Get ready. It's going to be an exciting one, although the heat's back. I don't know if I necessarily care for that one. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. I'm Andy Hoosier. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We got one heck of a show lined up for you today. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to try to bounce around on a few different issues. School season starting, what, just a couple weeks away for all the schools. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Bottom of the hour, we have former Secretary of State candidate for Attorney General Chris Kobach. We chatted with him earlier this week. We'll play that interview on the program. Hour number two, doing something a little bit different. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it with COVID, with health, with ways to make yourself um, protected, I guess, from the virus. We have Megan Lovers. She is an organic nurse in the area, and uh, we'll talk with her about holistic healing, ways to make yourself healthy, dietary changes that you can do, which I do have an announcement to make on that as well that uh, we've been doing. So we'll get to all that today. Oh, of course, your phone line, uh, phone calls as well, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. We also have the live stream going up on Facebook at facebook.com slash 1480KQAM. You can find us on there. Leave a comment or question if you'd like to as well. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Really the only guy in the Mid-America region that has gold and silver actually on hand because of the high demand. Go check them out. Also online at philscoins.com. They're opening up in about 20 minutes from now at Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. All right, I don't have a sound. I wish I had a sounder for this because it's a little early for election season yet. But as you know, we just had a primary election in the city of Wichita for a couple city council seats just last week. We'll talk about some of the results of that and moving forward to the general election set for November 2nd. But as you know, it's an off season, uh, which means we have some elections, but yet they're quote unquote smaller elections. I mean, smaller as in the less amount of seats, not by importance, because the importance is kind of one of the most important races that we could have, as we've maybe realized over the last year or so that the local elections, school board, city council, county commission, state legislature, kind of important races. Who's actually representing you and making decisions at the local front? Who's putting mandates in place for you on the local front? So uh, I figured this month we are going to have at least one candidate every single weekend for the month of August going into the general election. And this week we're going to be talking about the Wichita School Board for USD 259. And one candidate here in studio with us, super excited to have her in here, candidate for district number one is Diane Albert. Diane, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming on the program. This is uh I can't believe we're getting into election season already. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So uh, District Number 1, Ben Blake, uh, Blankley, is can, is the uh, incumbent for this district. Uh, remind individuals where District Number 1 is for USD 259. District 1 is central um, and north of central. So I live in Sleepy Hollow. Okay. And 135 all the way north. So it'll pick up the rest of Wichita, Bel Air, um, and those areas. Perfect. Very good. Talk about you first, uh, your your background a little bit, and what led you up to this race here. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Wichita. Um, I graduated from Southeast High School and uh, went to K-State, came back to Wichita in 2006, started a business, 
And so I've been in construction most of my adult life. Wow, okay. Uh, I had a painting business and then evolved that into a general construction business where I did kitchen and bathroom remodels, um, screen porches. Working with the hands all the time. Working with the hands. Yeah. (laughs) So very mechanical in that way. Okay, very cool. So you understand the logistics of actually owning a business and running a business and the hard work. What a concept nowadays, right? (laughs) It's a strange world. It's a strange (laughs) world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what wanted, what led you up to want to run for the uh, seat here for school board? Well, I think a lot of other people in town join me in watching the decisions that have been made over the last year and a half and looking at the decision makers and watching the decisions that they're making at the table and being a little bit confused Yeah, <laughs> how they're coming up to these decisions, what decisions they're making and the choices that they're kind of implementing onto all of us. So looking at the county commissioners, um, city council, school board. I was left a little confused as to how they're coming up with the decisions. And you look at the school board, they've really made some decisions where they force parents to co-parent with the government. Mm -hmm. And it's been a little disturbing. So you start looking at the decisions for COVID, you start looking at the decisions for spending, start looking at how they view the budget, how they spend dollars per pupil. Um, It's been a a little disturbing to watch that happen. So uh, I got very interested in the school board because we need better decision makers sitting at the table. And I think a lot of us look around and it's like, we need somebody better sitting there at the table. (laughs) And I'm in a phase of life where I've got more time on my hands. And instead of always looking at somebody else to do that, I felt very compelled that this might be my time. It's time to do it. To throw my hat in the ring and sure. try to do that. So that's yeah. that's why I'm here. That's why I'm trying this. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been a weird year with some of the decisions. And now we hear like this year we have a school board meeting coming up on Monday this next week talking about potential mask mandates again. They've kind of waffled back and forth from it's going to be rec- recommended but not mandated. Yeah, now strongly we're, recommended. Uh, yeah, strongly <laughs> recommended, whatever that means. Now on Monday it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that we're probably going to have a mandate after Johnson County did it, after some other counties in the, in the state did it, that I'm assuming they're going to make an announcement of another mask mandate. Yeah, I would agree with that. After watching the school board meetings for the last year and a half, that's typically how they how they tend to bend. I don't understand it. Uh, talk about you for a second in the last year with COVID. Have you guys been safe? Everything good? Um, it, has it affected you guys uh, one way or the other with, with the lockdowns? Uh, <laughs> well, I had COVID before we knew about COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had COVID oh, back in one of those February. Who like, is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> It was a strange cold, so that's what I had. Um, And at first, all that was canceled was the fun stuff for my life. I still went into work. I still went into the office. My husband still went in the office. Eventually, he ended up working from home. Um, I still went into the office every day during that time frame. Um, So it's affected us in that way. Um, And then just watching friends and family trying to make decisions, you know, churches trying to make these decisions, that tension between listening and obeying to the government, but also having the internal conflict of this isn't right. This is not right what's going on. Um, So watching all of that unfold has been a little bit disturbing. It has been disturbing for sure. And now we have, uh, it sounds like the the push for the vaccinations for the children 12 years and up right now, obviously with the mask mandates. I mean, if you get into the, the school board, what would this be a focus that you'd want to do? Start reopening things back up here, trying to get rid of some of these mandates. Do you want to keep in these? And what would you do if you were on the school board right now? Well, I think parents are the best decision makers for the choices for their kids. Um, like I said before, I think parents have been forced to co-parent with the government, which I don't think is a great 
option. Sure. Uh, parents know what's best for their children. Right now, the government's trying to push a one-size-fits-all plan, and that just doesn't work. You've got exceptions to the rules. You've got special circumstances. Parents really are the best decision makers. Local is better, and the more local that we can get, so your family is the best way to make decisions and choices. So as far as vaccines go, as far as masks go, these are personal health decisions that Mm -hmm. everybody has to make on their own. Um, It's just not going to be a good idea to have overall mandates as a one-size-fits-all. Sure. Well, and it sounds like the majority of the parents right now don't want their children getting masks. I mean, here's, uh, I was going to make this announcement today as well, but I mean, I, I live in a different school district just uh, just outside, um, and with the concept of them potentially coming down with mask mandates, which I'm assuming they're going to do, my, li- my little voice of reason, she said, yeah, no, I don't want to wear a mask all day, and if I have to, I'd rather just work from home. So we're signing up for uh, homeschooling. We're going to be doing our own homeschooling, virtual learning, that way and just doing it ourselves because we're not going to go down that road of having the kid. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this off the air about, uh, you know, some of the tests they've done from children's masks and all the garbage that's on that mask that she just doesn't want to do it. I don't want her to do it. And if they're going to mandate masks, which I'm assuming they're going to, then we're just not going to go to school. I think a lot of parents are doing that. Homeschooling's never been more popular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the micro schooling. Have you heard this micro schooling concept? Yeah. This is a parents uh, joining together. It's fascinating. And, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of way the education used to be. I kind of like it. I, I enjoy it. So I'm all for that. But I'm all for choice. Right. So parents, once again, are going to be the best decision makers for what's best for their children, yeah. not an overall government influence. Yeah. Have you heard much from the teachers union side of it? I know most teachers are excited to get back into the classroom, but I've also heard nationally overall that there's many teachers unions trying to be hesitant going back into the classroom, mandating the vaccines, mandating the mask, you know, trying to get all the teachers vaccinated and the children. I mean, have you heard this anywhere locally? Are we doing okay on that front? Or has that been kind of something that you've heard that's been uh, causing a little bit of friction between the teachers union and the school boards? Um, Just watching the school board meetings, I would assume that they they like the mask mandate. Um, They they enjoy that um, for the union. Mm -hmm. Um, But I... It would just be more of a national issue that I've sure. been watching more than local. Very good. Let's talk about some curriculum. Let's shift gears for a little bit here. And uh, obviously, one of the bigger issues has been like critical race theory, um, Common Core. That was an issue, you know, a couple of years ago, and still kind of an issue. Uh, which I did see the math problems nowadays in my child's first grade <laughs> math book, and I'm thinking, what What are they doing? I, I, I don't understand this change in trying to understand math problems. Um, what's your thoughts on some of the curriculum, and would that be a focus for you on the school board as well? Yeah, I think the local school board should make most of the decisions as far as curriculum goes. Um, But you look at the testing scores, and we're not doing the basics well. Mm. We've got 60% of our students in the Wichita School District that are below grade average. And that testing was done before 2020, so we don't even have the COVID slide, as they're referring to it, tested on there. So if we're not doing the basics well... We can't move into critical race theory. We can't move into these extracurricular activities. Um, We need to get back to the basics. So the common core math is a little bit weird. Um, Let's teach them how to read a tape measure. Yes. Like that would be useful in their life. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Instead of these weird word problems that they're trying to figure out and 
super breaking weird things ways into boxes that... and splitting the numbers and then doing re-adding and i'm like what no this doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> when the parents are confused about yeah. basic math exactly that should give you a warning sign here's your sign yeah exactly, exactly. let's go ahead and take a break here real quick 18 minutes past the hour i want to talk some more curriculum when we come back plus i want to talk some of the finances with the school as well uh, the school district obviously received like 70 75 million dollars from covid19 relief we're sitting on massive amounts of emergency funds for the district uh so i want to talk about some of that as well where that's going and how, what we could do with the budget as well for the Wichita School Board. It's Diane Albert, candidate for District Number 1 for USD 259. We've got a lot to talk about today. It's going to be a heck of a show here on Kansas Talk. If you want to call in, you can at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. I have a feeling that this show is going to fly right on by today. We got so much to get to today. We have mask mandates coming down. Governor Laura Kelly trying to uh, appeal SB 40 at the statewide level, which kind of put the uh, restraints on her to declare a state of emergency and put in her mask mandates or whatever else she wanted to across the state. Uh, trying to appeal that, saying it's unconstitutional to not give her the power that she once. That's kind of interesting. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. Right now, we're talking some school board candidates, uh, District Number 1, Diane Albert. We were talking a little off the air. Let's. I wanted, What drives me nuts, this year at the state legislative level, we had an opportunity for a financial literacy class to be implemented into the schools, along with um, a, a civics test at the end of the year to make sure that we could do like a naturalization test before you graduate. These are amazing. I've also wondered why we've ever gotten rid of woodworking. I know it's faded or not cool anymore but you know to work with your hands an auto shop class i'm 32 i'm a millennial it drives me nuts when my generation is out there in skinny jeans on the side of the road and doesn't know how to change their tire on the side of the road give me a break man come on like why don't join we, you in that why don't we have these life skills being taught in our schools uh, that's a great question i don't know i mean i'm a woodworker i love working with my hands i love building stuff there's a there's a level of satisfaction that comes from looking at at a project that you've done and you can point it to other people to look at it and go, I did that. Yeah. I sanded that. I built that. I made this table. I, I remodeled this kitchen. Yeah. There's, there's a level of satisfaction that I think you get from building stuff that you don't get from very many other things in life. Yeah. And so, um, I recognized when I was in high school and going into college that I remember telling my parents, it's like, wow, they're really just training everybody for middle management. And yeah. now we're at a phase where everybody's trained for middle management <laughs> and we can't change a tire. Yep. So we we have lost a lot of the very basic skills, which is sad because yeah. plumbers and electricians, we need those people. They're very, very important people to our society. And even if you know how to do something, I just called my plumber last week for a crisis that we had and I didn't want to get wet and change the plumbing out. So right. I called him up and he helped me out and fixed it. A couple days later, because they're so backed up, right? No, he actually came with hey, hours. There you go. That's, <laughs> He's solid. That's, that's amazing. That's right. Yeah. Well, which leads into the next part of it is, you know, should high schools, do you think as well at the, at the school level, should they start working with trade schools in the area? I know trade schools are on the way up. More people are wanting to do that. They don't want to go to the four-year university where they have to repeat the same garbage for the first two years, yeah. spend a crap ton of money, and then go on to what they actually want to. You could go to a trade school. I went to a broadcasting school for 10 months and learned radio and TV. People can go become a plumber or an electrician or a, a, a welder or whatever they want to just with a you know, 10-month course, whatever, learn the trade and actually be out there. We should be working with those and partnering with local schools to get kids into that early on if that's what they want to do. Exactly. Not everybody, not everybody's career path is meant for college. Yeah. 
A lot of people are meant to own a small business. A lot of people are meant to go into the trades. So why are we not encouraging that on a broader scale? You know, Mays has a program where they build an airplane. And my husband's actually super jealous of that. But <laughs> these kids are applying the education that they're learning, you know, in elementary, middle school, and in their early high school career. And they're applying that education in a very practical way where if you're an employer and you've seen this kid in high school that was part of building an actual airplane, that stands out. Right. That stands out better than a test score, better than a GPA, better than any of the other stats that we have in schools. As an employer, I'd go, wow, you know how to work with your hands. You know how to solve problems. You know how to actually apply the education that you've learned. And that actually has value to it. Yeah. Uh, being a business owner, when you look at a resume of someone applying to work for you, especially in the construction, do you look at somebody that has the hands-on experience, or do you look at somebody that has that diploma that they went through the school and read the books? I mean, which one do you look at as a preference there? I, I want the hands-on experience. I want to know that you can look at a problem and solve it. Because in construction, it's not all um, laid out in a very easy playbook. Yeah. But you have to be able to look at a situation, identify the problem, and come up with a solution. Sure. It's really not that hard, but it's that problem-solving skill that that's what I want to see in people. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we just got a few minutes left here, but let's talk about and wrap up the conversation about the budget. We have $70, 75000000 million coming into USD 259 from COVID-19 relief, which is crazy to me because they didn't <laughs> spend any of their emergency fund. They still have their safety net, which is, by the way, a record amount of savings that they have uh, that they've never had to touch. We complain that we never have enough for the teachers. That's what the administration tries to say, that we don't give teachers enough raises. We need more money. So we, we've we had this years-long litigation across the state for more money for schools, but yet it doesn't seem to go to the right place. Is that a focus for you if you got onto the school board watching the budgetary issues and where they would actually be applied to? Well, yeah. Watching a budget is one of the main issues of running a small business. Yeah. So it's not about the dollar spent. You look at the schools in Florida, they spend far less per student, and their test scores and their results are much better than ours. You know, just spending more does not equal achievement. Yeah. And you can get a piece of graph paper out, and you can mark from 2000 on to currently where we're at on spending per pupil, and that's going to be like drawing a diagonal line across that graph. <laughs> and then you look at our test scores, and then it's just a horizontal line across that chart. Mm -hmm. We are not increasing test scores. We're not increasing results for the dollars per spent. So we need more accountability. Yeah. We spend a lot of money, and we do a lot of testing, and yet the numbers don't cons don't ever seem to go up, which is which is strange. Because imagine that you can't just throw money at a situation and expect it to go away. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. We just need to spend another million dollars here. It's going to be all fine, <laughs> and then it never goes up. And then they just say, "Well, it hasn't been enough time for it to take effect." Yeah, but then they come back and do the same. And cycle, we need more money, which is yeah. a, a little asinine. So that means that what we've been doing does not work. Yeah. So that means that we need to change what we're doing. To get a different result. Mm -hmm. So doing the same thing over and over again has not worked. <laughs> We've had plenty of time to see that. <laughs> Their theory has been proven wrong. Yeah. So now it's time to change course. Yeah, exactly. we got about a minute left here, but competition within the district, allowing parents to have school choice, maybe a school voucher program, something to be able to take their kids to a different school that they want to, to create competition among schools. Are you supportive of that kind of theory, going to magnet schools, going to private schools, going to public school, or different public schools based on the uh, the quality of that school district? Yeah, of course. I mean, some people do have that choice. We see people moving to Andover. We see people moving to Mays and Goddard to go into a better school district. So yeah. that option is there for some. It would be nice if others had the option as well. Um, but we've got to do that from a legislative issue. So, 
It's a work in progress. It, that it's a work it is. in progress. It's a, it's a full. <laughs> it is. Full deal. It's a, it's a full deal. If people want to reach out to you, learn more information about you, they can find you on Facebook. Uh, it's how, yeah. it, how can they get a hold of you? Diane Albert Boe. I love it, Diane. Uh, good luck in the race. This is a this is an important one. I think people are realizing that local elections are extremely important. So good luck. I love it. Hopefully you can get in there, make some changes. Uh, let's get you back on the show again here soon before the election. Okay, great. That'd be awesome. Hey, appreciate it very much. That's Diane Albert, candidate for District Number One of UST Two Five Nine School District. That's going to be a fun election. We'll take a break. Bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we'll play our interview with Chris Kobach, former Secretary of State and candidate for Attorney General. He joined us a few days ago talking about the ending of DACA in immigration here in the country, plus a little bit on his race as well. That and more coming up here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome into Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker. 1480 AM, 1025 FM KQAM. I have to admit, I am really excited about these elections coming up in November. Talking to candidates like that. Thanks again to Diane Albert coming on the program. Candidate for district number one of the USD 259 school district. That makes me excited. We could have rational, reasonable individuals on our local school boards actually getting rid of these absurd, ridiculous mask mandates, actually allowing parents to have choice, allowing children to educate themselves the way they need to, instead of the groupthink, one over and overbearing umbrella mentality, actually setting curriculum at our local levels, trying to get some programs back in to work with trade schools, work with extracurriculars, work with getting their hands. If we could do so- Ah, if we could do that, our schools could be so much better. So much better. Thanks again to Diane. Hopefully, I, I'm excited. Now, we've had Ben Blankley on the program, the incumbent for District Number 1. We'll get we'll invite him back onto the program as well. He's come on before. He's he's nice. I'm not anything against him. Nice guy. Nice dude. Totally agree with his policies. Disagree with his policies. Um, and that's just the way it is, and it's okay. And he understands he's on the far left end. He's been very vocal about that. He's been an activist. So we'll get him on the program. But uh, not that I'm quote-unquote endorsing, but, I mean, just saying. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Your thoughts real quick. I have an interview we're going to play with former Secretary of State Chris Kobach. We'll do that here in just a minute. But if you want to chime in, you're more than welcome to do so as well. The Wichita School Board is looking at setting their curriculum for Monday as they make their announcement. They have their hearing. We have it's, – it's funny – if you can tell the difference based on control as opposed to safety on what they want to do, we have the administration and certain school board members wanting more of an intense requirement. Right now, they want to try and put in place a, a what is it, Alicia Thompson, superintendent, wants to uh, recommend mask mandates for children 12 and under because they can't get the vaccine. They want 12 and older to almost be mandated with the vaccine, which is not going to happen. And I honestly think that if you're vaccinating your children then that's a very poor parenting decision to do just my personal humble opinion um don't really want to go down that road but if you want to i guess you can that's cool but i will never get my child that covid19 vaccine ever ever 
especially, I mean, she's seven years old right now, but even if she was over 12 years old, never, would never do that because I'm not getting it. The Mrs. Voice of Reason's not getting it. Little Voice of Reason is not getting it. There's been one child in the state of Kansas, one child since the last year and a half under the age of 12 that has died from the COVID-19 pandemic. That's it. That's it. But yet now all of a sudden they're the problem. And as we can see with the vaccine that you can still get the virus, you can still transmit the virus supposedly. As an adult, children are kind of a different story there because they're not affected by COVID-19. And if they are, then it's minuscule compared to what we see with adults. And even adults, it's kind of small uh, with the fact that it's less than 1% of individuals that actually die from COVID-19, about 1.5% that are badly affected by COVID-19. And there are things that we can do about that, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. So getting children vaccinated 12 to 18, I think is absolutely pathetic and a desperate attempt to try and control these children and the parents and to mask mandate children under the age of 12. I mean, come on, you're going to tell me here's the hypocrisy behind all of this. Just to put this into perspective for you. When this started last year, fall school year of last year, when we figured out, tried to decide what we were going to do, and even during the summertime as a community through the city of Wichita, through the county commission, that you had, it was the mask mandate, except for children under the age of five, because children under the age of five obviously aren't going to sit there and want to wear a mask. They're going to be fidgeting with it. They're going to be moving it. They're going to be taking it off. They're not going to be wearing it right. So you know what? With people with pre-existing conditions or certain medical ailments to be exempt from masks, and children under five you don't have to wear one. Now you're trying to tell me that five-year-olds have to wear a mask to go back to school. Can someone explain, uh, please explain to me some kind of consistency here in some way, shape, or form? Because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Try and get a six- or seven-year-old or a five-year-old to wear a mask all day at school. Go ahead. See how well it works for you. Now, again, the cloth mask is completely useless because the, the fabric of it obviously is larger than the virus to be able to get in. So, you know, that's completely useless anyways. So unless you're having N95 masks for all these children, what you're doing is stupid. And for all the candidates listening and for all the elected officials listening, which I know you listen because we have you on the show all the time and you reach out to me after programs, I know you're listening. Putting men mask mandates for cloth masks is absolutely 100% stupid. And if you disagree, you're more than welcome to call in at 316-721-8255. And I'd love to get your opinion on that. Doing that is absurd. Putting in masks for children for six, eight hours a day in classroom is absurd and stupid for them to breathe into such a thing. Uh, they did that. It was a study out of Florida. They sent in a few masks from children. It showed hepatitis. It showed pneumonia. It showed this. It showed that. It showed all these different viruses that we didn't even know they had in their body at that time all over the mask, and they were healthy kids, meaning they already had that stuff, but you want them to sit there and breathe it in all day long because you're scared of COVID that doesn't affect children? It's going to spread to other people. But if you're if you're vaccinated, you're protected, right? This is getting to the level of stupidity. It honestly is, and some just go along with it. Well, the science is changing. Well, this is what they're recommending. Just need to trust the science, need to trust the doctors. No, the doctors and the science are, are conflicting right now. They're hypocrites. They're just doing it for I don't know what reason. It's not doing us any good, and it's time for us to realize it and stop it. Just stop it. Little Voice of Reason will be homeschooled this year.
which I'm really kind of bummed about because I wanted her to get back into it uh, after moving from Ohio, after coming back here, trying to get situated, being able to see friends again, not being cooped up in the house with mom and dad all the time, getting out and about. I mean, she got to this summer, got to play baseball, got to be part of some things, and obviously she's not cooped up all the time. But at the same time, I wanted her to have that this fall. This is the pivotal time to make those bonds with those friends for those long term. And it's harder when you're at home all day long. I really, really wanted her to have that opportunity to do so this year. But if they're putting in mask mandates, I'm putting my foot down and she will not partake. And guess what? School districts need students to be enrolled to receive certain amounts of money. So if they're not getting enrolled, then they're not going to get as much money. So I encourage all the parents out there, which I know a lot of them, that if you're not getting uh, if they're putting in the mask mandates, pull your kids out. Look at the micro-schooling. Sending a few kids to the neighbor's house and doing class in the backyard to teach them how to properly garden, how to properly like work outside and play outside, how to do the math and reading and science and everything else, but learning some life skills as well because that's what it's about. We're going to do that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, if I had the opportunity, it would be living out in the middle of nowhere and teaching the life skills on how to survive. We, we planted our garden this year for the first time. Mrs. Voice of Reason planted a massive garden this year. And that's what we're going to do. It's going to be homeschooling. We're going to do the book work. We're going to do the online work. And then she's going to go outside and she's going to learn how to plant, how to actually like not kill uh, plants, which is my forte. I'm an expert at that when I tell you what. Uh, teaching how to do that stuff, uh, getting outside and learning life skills. That's the way things are going. People are waking up and realizing that this is the way to do things. And... Uh, it's becoming more popular, which is why micro-schooling is a massive thing right now. And it's beginning a huge unpopular the way schools used to be. Go over to the neighbors over there, do your schooling, learn your stuff, and then come back. We're not going to the public schools anymore because it's all about the administration. It's all about the government money. It's all about the grants and the finances. And it's all about the control. And we're just not playing that game anymore. Just not doing it. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I loony? And I am I nuts? Or do you agree with this? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear from teachers as well. Are you frustrated with this this year? With all these, ah, we're kind of recommending, but we're not really recommending. We're going to start trying to get kids vaccinated, and we want you to be vaccinated. And next week, we're going to decide on whether to mandate masks or not. Uh, and some, it's funny again, all about the control. The school board members of the school board want to mandate masks for everybody, regardless of age and regard, regardless of vaccination status. While parents are the ones going to the school board's uh, meetings, complaining about the masks, saying they don't want their children masked. You as the parent are having the decision to fight the school because the school thinks they know better what your children needs than you do. That's the argument we're having. As a teacher, I'd be pretty frustrated and upset with that. What about you? 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Let's go to the phones here. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, sir? I'm fine. Andy, uh, the individuals that are going to win this election are the ones that are going to be able to go out there motivate and get the people to vote for him. Remember that voter turnout during this past, the primary election was 4.7%. Now, I went down to a precinct, which I happen to know some of the people that work there, uh, to find out how many people had voted. Sure. Andy, six people voted one day. Wow. Four people voted. Actually, it was two people voted by late afternoon. And there, yeah. and that's fact. That's not even that's not even uh, fun. And but but the deal of it is, these extreme people, they seem to be able to get more people to go out and vote 
than the common decent people. The more common sense people, they just don't seem to be able to get the people out to vote. But the ones that are more extreme, they're the ones that seem to be able to get more people to go out and vote. And that's why we're in the mess we're in right now. You're, you're absolutely right. It is the activists on the other side that want to control and say, I don't like what they're doing, so therefore I'm going to try and change their mindset or force them to do what I want them to do. Those are the ones that are voting. The ones like you and I were just like, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. The, that group of individuals, they're disengaged because they don't care anymore. They're so frustrated with the system. They're so frustrated with everything that they're not fighting because they're just walking away and saying, I'm going to go live my life and leave me alone, which is a great mentality to have, and I understand that, but at the same time, the rules are coming down on you regardless. It's time for us to actually show up and make a difference. We saw that with the Trump voting on the national scale, and I think we're seeing that with a lot of Republicans that are getting fired up going into midterms next year as well because they saw what happened and they're frustrated. And finally, the silent majority that we always talk about are finally starting to wake up and say, you're right, I need to be engaged and I need to fight this because if I don't, nobody else is going to and we're going to be stuck in a bad situation. And it's unfortunate that we're in that. But you're right that with a four to six percent voter turnout, I get it. It's a primary in a off election season. So most people didn't even know about the elections. But we got to turn out this general election. If we could get individuals like Diane that we just talked to on the school board and have that in two or three different uh, districts within the USD 259, imagine what that would do to our schools locally here, allowing more competition, creating different curriculum, fighting back on some of this stuff, we would actually be proud of our local schools as opposed to like, uh, I guess we got to go through this a whole nother year. Right. And uh, Diane, I listened to her, your interview with her, and she is a very, very wonderful, very well-educated, common-sense individual. And I just loved her. And, uh, but she's not in my district, so I don't think I'd be able to vote for her. But, wow, wouldn't it be beautiful if we would have maybe two or three of those individuals yeah. that would be able to be on the school board? That would be wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. Frederick, I appreciate it. i got to take a break here, and uh, but appreciate you calling in. And you're right. I mean, the battles in our in our court, we can make or break this. I said this in my in my blog and in my newsletter this, this month. We are at the pivotal moment. We right now can make or break this based on our actions, what we do with the mandates and how we appeal. To, do we just go along with it? Do we fight against it? And with the elections coming up for local school board and city council, we can make the difference. It's whether we turn out or not. And a lot of people are just disengaged and turned off because they're so frustrated with everything going on. Totally get it. Help me. Help me. Help me fix this. Help us fix this because that's what we're going to hear. Uh, that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm here to try and do is make you that catalyst. We'll take a break. Your wrap up hour number one. We got lots more coming up here on the program. Stay here on KQAM. Eight minutes to the top of the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So we went a little long in that break. Not going to be able to play the interview with uh, we did with former Secretary of State Chris Kobach, candidate for Attorney General. We'll play that next week. Don't worry. We had him on the program a few days ago on the national broadcast throughout the week talking about the ending of DACA and uh, the latest with the immigration policy here in the country, some of the lawsuits he's working on. And obviously, as he's running for attorney general, talked about it from the legal standpoint, which uh, states being able to challenge some of these policies, which I think is needed. So uh, we'll play that interview, if not a little bit later on the show, maybe next week. But open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. This is a perfect time for me, though, as we have our next guest. 
after the top of the hour to kind of set the stage for this one. So, uh, as you know, we've been talking about COVID quite a bit the last year, obviously, and it's been a frustrating conversation. I get berated on social media for some of the comments of going a different way from the hypocrisy of the medical industry, wearing the mask, social distancing, getting the vaccine, yada, yada, yada. And we've talked about some of the natural, holistic ways of actually making yourself healthy. As we look at the number of individuals being hospitalized, the vast majority, now this isn't everybody, the blanket, but the vast majority of individuals have some type of issue on why they're getting so sick from COVID-19. That's why 99%, 98% of Americans are either asymptomatic or have minimal symptoms because we're relatively healthy. So when we look at the demographic that's actually been vastly affected by this, it's the elderly individuals, it's the immune-compromised individuals, and it's the overweight individuals. Overall, again, that's a blanket conversation you can look at the outliers here and there but that's the general population being vastly affected by COVID-19 so what can we do about it we protect the elderly because obviously and we should we kind of do that already anyways don't we during flu season if there's a bad outbreak of the flu for a certain year for allergy season we keep them out uh, keep them from going outdoors we make sure that they're protected we do what we can and they get their shots they do their thing uh the autoimmune compromised individuals obviously they're already sick Mrs. Voice of Reason has ailments. We've talked about that. Uh, I mean, my listeners that have been listening to me for years know that we've had a lot of medical issues. One of the times we cut the program off early because she was in the hospital with some really bad news. And we uh, she had uh, a kidney stone that was blocked that caused sepsis and an infection in her blood. And we didn't know what was going to happen there. It was a bad ordeal. We've talked about it on the program before. Um, so individuals like that. Obviously, with a compromised immune system, what do you do? You protect them. They already work on themselves getting protected, whether it's getting the shot, whether it's trying to uh, distance yourself and kind of isolate yourself, whatever the case is. The other demographic is the individuals that are maybe with with an unhealthy lifestyle. And trust me, you're talking to the guy that tries to eat the three-pound burger at a couple local restaurants because that's the kind of guy that I am. But... Because of some of this, I don't like to just talk about it on the radio. We like to actually live it. This is not about just conservative talk radio. It's about life, and it's about ways we live. And as you realize, religion and politics, the two things you aren't supposed to talk about at the dinner table, but I like to talk about to poke the bear, which is why the family members at the family reunion look at me strange, are the things that you live by. We don't talk about it. We live it, which is why we're able to talk about it. So with that, we've talked about ways to make yourself healthy ways to live your life in a different style. So I have been doing something, and this is the first week, and this is my announcement on the air because I haven't talked about it, and I'll give you updates throughout. But over the last year, as you know, I've kind of gotten more towards philosophy, theology, spirituality, religion, that sort of thing. Uh, Then we hear this COVID issue and the health risks that that has. So this last week, I know I have gone for a straight, raw, plant-based vegan diet. And I've already lost a couple pounds of weight. I feel really good. But as we talk about making ourselves healthier, because obviously if it's going to affect overweight individuals or people that are unhealthy, uh, we've talked about on the show the Wim Hof that I do, and you guys laugh at me about the cold showers and the deep breathing. I've started that a few months ago, and I've been working on myself to get healthier and try and live that by example, as opposed to just being behind a microphone ranting about it on the radio. So we've done the health thing trying to exercise a little more, doing the raw plant-based vegan diet. Now, I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to do this forever, probably not, because I still like that three-pound hamburger, but it's going to be on special occasions as opposed to an all-around type of thing every day. 
Uh, so our next guest, when we come back, we got to take a top of the hour break. When we come back, I'm excited. So She's going to be with us for the whole hour. I told you we're going to start doing this. It's not just about the politics. It's about what we can do to make ourselves healthy, to live by example. So when they try to put us in this box that we're the nutsos wanting to spread the virus and kill everybody because we don't care about humanity, we can laugh at them because we understand what's really going on. When we come back, Megan Lovers, organic nurse, to talk about the politics of COVID, to talk about the uh, the virus, to talk about the, uh, the vaccine, to talk about dietary issues, to talk about ways we can make ourselves healthy, and battle this pandemic without the ridiculous, absurd hypocrisy of the government officials. We'll do that when we come back. Hour number two of Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It's hour number two. It flies right on by. Hour number one all wrapped up and done. Thanks again to Diane Albert coming on the program. Last hour candidate for district number one for the school board for the city of Wichita. We did not get our interview with Chris Kolbach in. We'll get that next week because I want to shift gears away from politics, kind of, sort of, for just a minute. As you know, talk radio has a bad habit sometimes of just, like, being negative and just attacking, but not actually having solutions. Unlike them, as you know, I try to find solutions. We live by what we talk about, and we talk about things that actually make sense. And the voice of reason during the week, the voice of reason is about common sense and reason. So, with our little intro we did at the beginning of uh, the end of last hour, is doing these life changes, doing things to actually live by. I am super excited to have the hour to talk with our next guest here as she is an organic nurse and she does so much and has so many different products and does so many different things to help you get healthy naturally to where you can tell Dr. Fouch and the other ones to uh, radio edit word and politely walk away. But Megan Luber's here in studio with us. Megan, I am so excited to have you in the program. How are you? I'm wonderful, Andy. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on here. First off, before we get into details of things we can do and so talk about your background a little bit and what is an organic nurse what do you actually do okay so my background is i graduated from nursing school and i went straight into the cardiothoracic icu and i worked there for seven years okay and prior to um, working there the reason why i got into the organic lifestyle was actually because my kiddos got sick my daughter got sick when she was three she was Mm. up against a diabetic diagnosis we were going um to the doctor all the time she was quitting breathing in the middle of the night which is called apneic yeah oh my um and we were we were just having a lot of problems i also struggled with migraines my entire life from the time i was a child um up into my 20s we were spending over a thousand dollars on medication Mm. every single month um the aborted migraine medications that i was taking I would get like six pills in the bottle and I would easily take all six pills within six days. Oh my gosh. Migraines were so terrible. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I even had to take FMLA in one of my jobs in my early twenties because I was missing so much work um, at a doctor's office that I was working at because my migraines were so bad. So it was just, it was very debilitating and restricting of my life and my um, being able to function as a mom and a wife and and just being able to be an active member of society. So sure. 
Um, that's really where the organic lifestyle came into play was because my daughter was so sick and we were seeing the pediatric endocrinologist and I just felt like, you know, there's more I can be doing. This is, this has got to be my fault. You know, you just start feeling all of this guilt and pain seeing your child so sick. Sure. So I started researching and I started learning everything um, about the food industry and I started learning the ingredients and how they are causing our kids and ourselves to get sick. I learned the ingredients that were causing my migraines, the ingredients that were causing her to have the issues that she was having with the breathing and the inflammation that was building up in her body. Um, and, and when I made the switches, she never ever received um, medication for diabetes. We went that whole entire year with a pediatric endocrinologist Um and she also, her A1C score dramatically decreased Wow! within that year time. My migraines, when we switched, I noticed my migraines were starting to get better. And so that just kind of like helped me go all in. And so uh, when, once we got all the toxins out of our system, we were able to come off all medications. I quit seeing the neurologist every three months. And, and your migraines went away. Migraines went away. And I've had migraines since I was a little girl. Wow. Religiously. Just I mean, by I, dietary I change. I was seeing doctors in grade school, high school. Um, I remember being in the school nurse's office laying down in the middle of the day. Yeah. Just in so much pain. And so, um, yeah, migraines went away. If I get a migraine now, it's because I ate some terribly toxic food <laughs> at some at some restaurant, you know. Yeah. And, and they're triggers. They're things that I know that um, could potentially cause the migraine. And I avoid it like the plague because... We, I mean, to spend that much money on medical bills and insurance and doctor's office, um, pills, everything, it's its just all the money that could go towards so many other things, yeah. not to mention the quality of life that improved for myself and my daughter. Um, so that's where the organic came into play. And then, of course, being the cardiothoracic ICU nurse, I implemented that with my patients and I implemented that um teaching them and educating them. What could they do when they go home from the hospital to change their life and prevent coming back? Sure. So you actually talked to your patients about it because I'm assuming that wasn't like a mainstream talking point within the uh, the hospital or the healthcare industry, was it? Not necessarily. Um, it, it's not like it was looked down upon or censored like it, we are getting these days. Just wasn't a focus. It just wasn't a focus. But I mean, I would teach my patients who are who are farmers coming from Western Kansas and they ha- they're having open heart surgery and you're, it's a very real thing just because you have one open heart surgery doesn't mean you're going to not come back for a second one, yeah. you know, in five, 10 years. So what can we do to prevent it? You know, I was actually telling these farmers, you should go plant-based or <laughs> you should consider flipping your farm to regenerative agriculture. And here's why, you know, get the glyphosate out, get all of the toxins out. You need to eat, all of these other foods and, and get an active lifestyle. Yeah. It, now, again, this is a little preface. I mean, this is um, uh, this is all new to me because I've never even considered lifestyles like this. I've never even thought about life. I've always laughed at lifestyles like this. Like I have, you know, the shirt of the deer in the, in the woods, you know, doing its business and, you know, my food poops on your food kind of thing. I mean, that's the, that's the mentality that I've had for so long. And I'm not going against me because I obviously – like it, there's you know the livestock industry, cattle industry is huge in the state of Kansas. But there are ways to do it where, when I go back to eating some of that, it's not going to be processed through the grocery store, but it's coming directly from the farmers, which I think is going to help anyways, cutting out that middleman price wise. But then quality wise of not being salted, to processed, and actually preserved, but actually getting it directly from 
those individuals? I mean, is that a good way to do it? 100%. Um, I actually did start using a local organic regenerative farm. Um, they're based out of, <clears throat> excuse me, they're based out of Hutchison, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> they follow all of the regenerative agriculture. I mean, in order to have a regenerative farm, you have to have hogs, you have to have chickens, you need lambs, you need goats, you need cattle. You need manure. Yeah. Um, you need everyone to be grazing on the land all over. And to get it straight from the source, that's that's the best thing we can possibly do because it'll build up our community here in Wichita. I mean, we have amazing um, um, people who are growing gardens and selling them everywhere. Um, what is farmers the word markets, I'm looking for? Yeah, farmers, it's market. a farmers yeah. markets. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, there's some really great. There's some really great, great people where you can get local sources, and I, a lot of the restaurants are starting to get local ingredients, and mm-hmm. that'll just help our personal economy. Um, t- taking out the middleman is very big. Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's fascinating, and I have to admit, when I first started this, I I literally thought that I was going to be just like eating a bag of carrots and lettuce. I never knew the actual the opportunity there was for so many different recipes where I'm eating essentially almost the same thing and it tastes almost the same way, but it's just all plant-based or organic or or vegan. Yeah. Nothing changes. Everyone's like, what do you eat if you're plant-based? Well, I eat the same thing you do. I love eating like one of my favorite things is spaghetti, mm. but instead of using noodles, because I learned from the time that I've spent on my health, I, my body doesn't like rice and it doesn't like wheat. Sure. Um, my kids and my husband, they can eat rice noodles. So I'll do a zucchini noodle or I'll do spaghetti squash to their, uh, whatever noodles it is that I cook for them that day. Um, my body loves chickpeas. So I'll do chickpea noodles. Mm, okay. But I can still make a homemade spaghetti sauce sure. and throw in the mushrooms and everything to give it that meaty texture if that's what you need. So interesting. It's really wonderful. Yeah. We tried the, the zucchini spaghetti a couple of days ago. I'm still trying to get adjusted to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on that. The squash might actually be pretty good. We haven't tried that yet. Uh, and, and again, it's now the one I'm having a really hard time letting go of is tortillas. I could eat tortillas and hummus. I mean, obviously, I'm a taco guy. Yeah. Tortillas are my go-to. I wrap Thanksgiving dinner with, you know, the mashed potatoes and gravy into my tortillas. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find an alternative for that one. I've got you. Okay, so the best alternative is um, it's a brand called Siete. They haven't gone completely organic yet. <clears throat> they are non-GMO, but I have spoken to the company, and they they do source um, as much as possible from organic. The organic label is kind of a tough label to get for a lot of the people that are trying to market their foods and stuff in the store. But Siete has a chickpea tortilla that's wonderful. Ooh, okay. Are you trying to avoid wheat? Is that why you're? I think so. Not yeah. Doing the tortilla yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to get rid of all the all the gluten, all that. Again, you know, laugh all you want, but I know my listeners are like, oh my god, Andy, come on, this is not yep. you. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of all that at least for a temporary time. Yep. I'm doing a. I'm doing a spiritual thing for this month that's mm-hmm. that's tied in with the COVID health stuff, and I'm trying to get rid of everything that's not raw plant-based. Yep. So, uh, it's okay, so the chickpea tortillas. Chickpea tortillas. And then, you know, there's some really great, like, coconut wraps out there that, that Ooh, that'd be interesting. really well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about and tie this into COVID for a second here. I read a study just a week or two ago where they found that just a dietary change could lower the severity of COVID symptoms if you do end up getting the virus by up to 40%. Just diet alone. We're not talking about even health, the vitamins or health workouts or actually getting your weight back or anything yet. We're literally just saying changing your diet could lower severity of COVID by 40%. Would that make sense with this kind of plant-based thing? Absolutely, because one of the things that a virus or bacteria or, or any kind of bug in our body thrives on is sugar. 
So, mm. um, right there, if you just cut sugar out of your diet, when you get sick, like you're going to recover from whatever it is that you're sick with 10 times faster than you would if you continue the processed foods and the sugar foods, because right, if you're getting processed foods, there's sugar in there and there's, and they're usually not a good source of sugar. It's like, you know, sucrose or invert cane sugar or inulin. There are all these words that people are like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. You know, that's in but there. it says three grams of sugar, so it must be good, but it's not good. You know, so toss, that's like something you could do so simple. Just cutting that stuff out. Yep. Yeah. And that would help with, with that. It's weird. Now, if you want that sweetness too, if you want something, I mean, we got something, we made homemade fruit roll-ups a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that was literally just like peaches and strawberries and then agave syrup Mm -hmm. and we just blend it up and put it in a dehydrator for a day and it was amazing and the agave syrup is so sweet it's it's almost sweeter than than like a honey or a regular sugar right so so you're just taking it back to the basics so that's how everyone used to cook back in the day yes and and the only reason now that we have any different is because they've they've created this convenience of just going to the store you know, the mom's busy or, or the dad's busy. And so we're just going to grab this box and they throw all this crap on it mm-hmm. for ingredients because it can last on the shelf a lot longer. Then it can last in your pantry longer, right? Because sure. it's, it's on the shelf at the store and then it needs to be able to be stable in your pantry. For a month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I'll, honestly, I just think people are just buying way too much. If you go look in someone's pantry, it's just crammed pack. Yeah. I get really stressed when I see like four or five things, boxes in my pantry, I'm like, oh, my pantry is getting too full. There's too much. Clutter. Oh, my gosh. It's too much. Yeah. Well, this is a change. So we have, you'll laugh at this one. We've been in that mindset for a long time of, oh, my gosh, prices are going up on meat. This is going to go out of stock. This going to, we've stocked up. We have a pantry um, that is about the size of this wall here mm-hmm. covered with canned goods. We have three deep freezes at home with meat in them That's because awesome. we were so concerned about things happening. And now we're like, we got to eat through this and get rid of this <laughs> stuff. What the heck are we going to do with all of this? So this it's uh, that was the mindset that we were in for a long time. And I know a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And I think people still are. I mean, people still are anticipating that the worst is coming. And I don't think, you know, uh, you should run through all of the food just yet. I think stockpiling yeah. is great. Sure. Um, uh, but doing it with different things. We don't need the frozen yes. chicken tenders. No. No, you don't. Which is my weak spot. Or make your own chicken tenders and freeze them. With real yeah. chicken, real lard, you know, um, you can use cornmeal and you can use chickpea flour to create that texture that you would get from, like, batting the chicken in, in just regular wheat flour. Okay. It'll still make a great chicken nugget. My kids approve of it. Okay. Um yeah. Ways you can do it at home. Yeah. See, I, and that's really the mindset that I've gone towards. And this has been kind of me lingering in the back of my head for a long time is going back to the basics, going back to the raw, just, you know, sur- not really survivalist, but that mindset of just simple living, simple life, mm-hmm. being able to do it at home, being able to just eat and enjoy at home and not have all the uh, the fancy stuff. I mean, right. that's really where my mindset's been. Right. That's not a bad thing, is it? It's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. Okay. And I mean, I've been doing it for <laughs> for almost a decade. So <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Let's take a break here. 20 minutes past the hour. Megan Luber's here on the show with us. Uh, we'll have the links and everything on the Facebook Live as well. We'll talk about where you can find her and get it. When we come back, I want to talk some more about COVID, more about this type of healthy lifestyle, plus maybe the healthcare industry and what we can do to try and counter 
some of the messages with the vaccine and the push for vaccines, that sort of thing here as well with the ongoing pandemic of COVID-19 and all the super scary, super duper, like be scared Delta variant where we need to vaccinate our 12 year olds because that's the reasonable thing to do nowadays, right? This is Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQM presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling and trading with honesty and integrity. For all your gold and silver needs, make sure to check them out. They're officially open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. Also online at philscoins.com. He's like one of the few guys in the region, the Mid-America region, that actually has gold and silver on hand. Make sure to check them out. Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome back into the program, 25 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning. If you have any questions, you can call in 316-721-8255. Call in, let us know your thoughts, comments, questions, uh, maybe recipes, or just be like, Andy, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Because it is a bit of a culture shock for some. I never knew, and we were talking about this off the air a little bit, I never knew how big this lifestyle industry underground kind of thing was until I actually started peeking my head into it i'm like wow there's a lot of people doing this stuff yeah Yeah, Yeah. there's a very large community local and and worldwide yeah amazing yeah it is and i think it's growing Mm -hmm. i think it's growing there's a couple documentaries on so on like netflix and on hulu that talk about this sort of thing and in the industry and again this is not a knock on uh you know the the animal industries because obviously that's a huge industry in the state of Kansas the cattle industry the pork industry the the chicken industry I mean it's huge uh, but it's doing it a little bit different it's not getting the salty processed meat that's actually preserved in the store to last but it's getting it directly from the farmer which I think is much needed anyways going directly to the source because I think the farmers actually make more money doing it that way too and you know you can get it directly from and it's it's just tweaking and changing certain things in the lifestyle that make you healthier because right now we have obviously people focused on their health right now with the COVID-19 pandemic. And that at first we believe the health officials wear the mask, social distance, be scared of it because we don't know how dangerous this thing is. Mm-hmm. My change and my flip was when protesters last year were out uh, allowed to be outside in the thousands without wearing masks. And the health directors were like, Oh, well, social issues are more important than this. So it's fine. And I, since then, I was like, this is not what it seems to be. Now we're looking at it and actually looking at the demos and seeing we have a less than 1% death rate from COVID. There, this, we can figure this out. We can survive this without having to run to the government, can't we? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the death rate for um, heart disease, heart attacks, strokes, they're all much higher than the death rate from COVID. Um, the abortion rates are massively higher. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother level there. That's a whole nother level there. But we don't hear that side. And that's what's been frustrating. I would trust even our local health directors. And I've called out Dr. Mintz from the Sedgwick County Health Department a lot and Adrian Burns on this program. We don't hear the other side of, you know, social distance, mask, okay, you know, get the vaccine, this push, whatever. But at the same time, do the healthy lifestyle. They don't talk about 80% of the population having a vitamin D3 deficiency that boosts your immune system to you could be part of that 98% that are asymptomatic or have minimal symptoms. If they would talk about that as another option, I would trust them more. The fact they don't even mention it makes me distrust them altogether. Right. They can't, they don't mention it. They censor it. I mean, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, um, melatonin, uh, walking, sunshine, grounding, or, mm. or earthing, as I call it, cold therapy. Yeah. Um, there's just, you know, hugging. There's a million things that boost our 
you know, hugging boosts our dopamine and serotonin receptors, which is, you know, is incredibly beneficial for us. So there's so many things out there and, and not only are they not talking about it, but they're censoring it and they're censoring it from doctors who are, who are known around the world and trusted. Yeah. So. Yeah. We got just about a minute before we have to take a break here, but a little tease. Um, are you on like a daily vitamin regimen to get the, the vitamin D, the magnesium, zinc? I mean, it's, it's, just give us a little insight your morning. Like what do you take every day is like a normal thing, normalcy thing for your family? Sure. So I take ion biome every day. My family does too. We take zinc. I do take uh, vitamin D3. We take vitamin C. I take... Um, what else? I kind of just mix it up basing on the time of the year. And, um, oh, so it's, it's different throughout the year. You change it up. Oh, yeah. Like during the summer, I, I'll do a little less vitamin D because I'm out in the sun like crazy. Mm. So I'm getting my natural source of vitamin D. That's good to know. That's good to know. Now, um, I've heard this rumor as well, and we can talk about this when we come back, but I've heard that now with how much we stay indoors, that our body doesn't naturally absorb as much vitamin D as it used to. Is that correct? Ish. Oh, well, yeah, because the sun is where we're getting our vitamin D from. Right? Yeah. So if you're indoors, you can't absorb it. You're not getting it. And then your right. body forgets how to actually transfer right. it. Yeah. Right. Which is why people are more vitamin D deficient in the winter or the fall mm. uh, because they're inside all the time. They're not in the sun. Interesting. All right. We'll talk about that more when we come back. Plus, when we come back after the break, I want to talk about the cold therapy. You mentioned that. Yeah. And that's something that's been a lot of fun. So we can talk about that. Plus some of the, uh, uh, um, not the religious spiritual side of it but just the importance of going down this road and what else it can do for you so uh, again love to hear your phone calls megan lubers here in studio with us lots more coming up on candace talk on the big talker kqam stay here To Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Aren't we all going to be rock stars? Yeah, welcome back into the program. Last half hour, it goes by so fast. There's so much I want to talk about. We could sit here with Megan for another three hours and talk about all this stuff. I love it. Uh, I've saw, seen a couple calls try to come in here. You're more than welcome to chime in at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK if you want to join into the program. Next week, just give you a heads up. Next week on the program... We have, we're going to play our interview with Chris Kobach, uh, former Secretary of State candidate for Attorney General. We'll play that on the program. Also, we're going to sit down with Scott Schwab, uh, current Secretary of State. As you know, there's been some news going on politically with uh, removing a report on uh, provisional ballots from the election, potential voting audits uh, going on in the state of Kansas, along with some other things going on, some big news that's happened. Plus, we have, obviously, our new election commissioner, uh, here in Sedgwick County. So we're going to talk about all that and more with Scott Schwab on the program next week as well. And we'll continue on with our uh, election coverage with different school board members as well. So big stuff coming up on the program for Kansas Talk next Saturday from 9 to 11. As a reminder for you as well with the station, we do have the NBC baseball tournament going on. You can hear that every evening at 6 p.m. here on KQAM as well. Anthony Georges has the call on that one. Right now, we're talking about uh, lifestyle choices, different diets, different ways that we can make ourselves healthy, which uh, I think, like I said, I think people are really in tune with this topic right now, aren't they? I think so. I think everyone is very aware about all the other options that are out there because with the pandemic, if you want to call it that, they're they're realizing that it's not going away and, you know, put 
they're seeing that the vaccine isn't working, that yeah. people who are vaccinated are still getting sick, <laughs> sometimes within two weeks or three weeks after getting the vaccine, sometimes several months later. And so they're realizing, oh, crap, maybe I should start doing something else. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even know what that is. They just want they know there's something else out there. You just don't know what it is because there's no way that they can be one sided. And we heard the politics early on with like uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel talking about hydroxychloroquine. That was like, oh, this is going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then they shunned her. They banned her. And that, I think, was another little tick for some people like, wow, there's another opinion to what's going on here. But yet we're not allowed to see it because then they get completely demonized as nutsos and wackos. Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously the medical industry, like any other type of science or any other type of politics, there's no definitive, this is the only way and the only answer. Mm -hmm. There are other things and whether it's diet, whether it's the exercising, obviously if it, if it affects people that are having bad healthy habits or bad eating habits or bad lifestyles, it's going to affect you more like any other virus. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and to speak to that, I mean, my kids have never taken an antibiotic. I've got a 12 year old daughter. Really? I have a seven year old son. And, um, Healthy, they're healthy as can be and maybe get sick once a year. And when they do get sick, I treat them 100% homeopathic. I yeah. make my own medicine. Nothing comes. There's no aspirin. There's no ibuprofen. There's there's, there's nothing. nothing. I let their body do the work. The, the fever d does the work. And I do all the supplements, you know, the non-pharmacological techniques that are absolutely uh, life-saving that I truly believe in. I've seen it in the hospital and in my family. Wow. No antibody. That's amazing. We, uh, um, we're slowly getting to that point. I didn't realize I was kind of sort of doing it. And this may just might be my excuse for having whiskey on hand, but we always used talked about the old cowboy trick of when you had a fever to drink the whiskey cause it burns it out of you. Is that true? Does that actually work? I have no knowledge on it. At least I could say that it works, but, but I, I don't mean, know. It was definitely something that we did growing up. Remember, you know, get whatever, put it on your tooth when you had pain. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we, did, we actually did a little bit of that for the teething when she was a baby. Mm -hmm. And just, and not necessarily whiskey, but just something to try and numb the gums. And she it was all about it. She got through that without an issue. Right. I'm sure that there's analgesic properties to the whiskey. Yeah. You know, Um but as, but as far as the antibiotics go, I got really lucky because we actually had a pediatrician here in town. She's well known. She's absolutely amazing. And she was not a proponent of antibiotics. So that was something that she instilled with me sure. from the time my daughter was born. How hard was that when uh, with the children, especially being little, with going to the doctors and getting the checkups at, you know, the three months, six months, a year old, whatever, and telling them this is the path you're taking your kids. I mean, did you get pushback from doctors and pediatricians at that time saying like, yeah, that's not the best way to do this? No, because my pediatrician, she she was a very big advocate of mm, that. Okay. And, and I would I would remember calling her and and saying, you know, well, she still got a fever when, when my daughter was a baby. And um, she still got a fever. And she's like, well, it's day seven you know, just keep in touch with me. And she just kind of run through all the, all the options, everything I was doing. She's like, you're just right on track. And okay. It's to 14 days, you know, let's kind of talk about it. And, and it was always just a, a really great open conversation between a mom and a doctor. Cool. And that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. That's the way it should be. Speaking of children, let's talk about the diet stuff for a second. And a uh, little voice of reason, having a bit of a difficult time doing the transition from eating hot dogs and mac and cheese to eating zucchini noodles and uh, and Alfredo sauce that's organic and vegan. Uh, she fought that one big time. It was really yummy, but she fought that one big time. She's fought a couple of things, which honestly surprised me, like even a smoothie, like a fruit smoothie a couple of days ago. She was like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Really? Like, yeah. You like this stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. How do you help kids actually accept that type of diet when they're used to McDonald's and hot dogs? Right. 
right? So the number one thing I can tell you is kids eat with their eyes. So what did what did the what was it, what was it you're feeding her? Uh, we we did a we did like a vegan Alfredo pasta yeah. with like the zucchini noodles. Yeah, yeah. So so immediately it looked different. Yeah. Right. So she was already like, mm, I don't know, because did you call it fettuccine <laughs> Alfredo? Did you tell her she was eating like an Alfredo? Because the biggest thing is is kids eat with their eyes, and and I've actually been working on a cookbook for over two years because. I do believe that I figured out how to hack that with my kids. Mm. Um, you know, my daughter, I, I can tell you she's had McDonald's and that was before we went organic and, and my son has never had McDonald's really? and, um, and so, and so eating with their eyes is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't, don't try to like flip the switch on something that's like their favorite, like ranch dressing or mac and cheese <laughs> right out the gate. Yeah. Like kind of work them into it. Um, you know, like the spaghetti is a great option with the chickpea noodles or the brown rice noodles. Okay. The texture is exactly the same and you can make it with the pasta sauce. Um, what else you could do? A pizza would be really simple to make for her mm, vegan. Okay. Um, there's so many different options out there. And she usually eats healthy. I mean, she didn't have obviously a lot of candy and she, I mean, she's doing overall relatively well. It's a couple of those dinners where we had just kind of made it and she's kind of uh, fought against it. But overall, I mean, when she wants a snack, she chooses on her own. She chooses like grapes or olives over something like candy or chips, which That's is awesome. really nice. So she's already, I think, ahead That's in doing awesome. well with that. But uh, there's a couple of those where we've just kind of had uh, had some issues. Yeah, you sit at the table until you finish this thing. And two hours later, she's still sitting there. I'm yeah. not hungry. Yeah. Yeah. We've don't had those. don't force it. Um, you know, like my my son or daughter, especially my son, like he he would sometimes just throw fits, and because he would see it with his eyes, and he wouldn't take a bite, and then yeah. he'd take a bite, and I'm like, just promise me you gotta take one bite, take one bite, and he'd always be like, oh, this is the best meal ever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, if you just would have taken the bite like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> exactly, yeah, then it would actually be good. Yeah, yeah. it would have still been hot. <laughs> it would have been hot. You could have enjoyed it more. I love it. Three one six seven two one eight two five five three one six seven two one talk. We do have a call coming in here. Let's take that. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Andy. This is Nick. Nick, what's going on, brother? How we doing? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just loud and clear. All right, very well. I, I, I'm very fine. I, I'm so much enjoying this conversation, ma'am. Uh, and I had to call. We were just, ironically, we were talking about uh, enemas this morning <laughs> at my local uh, place of employment. And uh, I have to say, um, besides like apple cider vinegar, can you give us your opinion on, on those procedures mm. the so you're asking about enemas yeah enemas and colmas and apple cider vinegar yes enemas mm. are excellent this is jameson i guess yeah um okay. i i do i personally do coffee enemas at home i think it's excellent for cleaning out your gut and and helping restore the microbiome in your gut um apple cider vinegar is wonderful the, the ion biome that I mentioned um, that I take every day is excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm a big advocate of enemas. I actually have a magnesium enemas in my fridge. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what the what that is. Okay. <laughs> well, it goes up your tushy. <laughs> uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. That's I wasn't even that wasn't even where my mind was. So, okay. I understand now. That's interesting. All right. Boom, shakalaka. Oh, and also, <laughs> if you want to get the uh, children to eat, I... I suggest locally sourced um, butter and salt. That's kind of one of my secrets to my recipes. 
and um, also uh, locally sourced eggs as well. But um, yeah, the McDonald's things are good. Yeah. We were just talking about that this morning. It's so ironic, but I, I uh, love anyway, that. appreciate this segment. Eat all, eat all the raw butter and the pasture eggs you can. It's so good for you. That's awesome. Nick, I appreciate that, my friend. I'm glad you guys are uh, looking at this as well, and we appreciate you calling in there. Uh, great conversation. We got another one. See, you're popular. You're talking. Yay. All the phones are lighting up here. 316-721-8255. Line at number two. Good morning. Who's this? Mr. Andy. What's going Mr. on, sir? Sean. Sean, what's happening? Hey, I just turned on the show. Oh. Uh, I don't even know what's going on. I heard something about whiskey. <laughs> uh, well, you can use it for medicinal purposes. Well, whiskey was an anesthetic during uh, the Civil War. It was all they had, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, so I, I mean that's what we were saying. I mean, I, so when, when I've been sick or you know had the flu and had the fever, I, I do. I've he was my regiment. Now I don't know that I would do this again, but I have to admit this was the best night's sleep I ever had in my entire life, and I woke up feeling great the next day. Uh, and I think I've told you this before. I took some tea. Uh, I drank about two or three shots of whiskey. Then I took two Advil, took a hot shower to sweat it all out, and then I took a little bit of NyQuil. And all of that, my wife was like, are you even breathing? Uh, but the next morning, I woke up and it feels great. Now, I do not recommend that in any way, shape, or form because now, uh, the last time I got sick, like we were talking, we got the tea from the herbs in the backyard, and in a day, I felt amazing and great. So, uh, but the whiskey, you're right. I mean, the whiskey to me, I think, really does help burn out fever and help individuals that are uh, with infection or or sick in some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't really work so great when you got to saw off uh, the leg of a soldier and got it <laughs> shot up pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. First of all, Michael's already got alcohol in it. Uh, but <clears throat> when I was uh, when I was young, it was twenty percent. But thanks to a Thanks to teenagers looking for something to get high on, you know, they had to reduce the content from 20% to 10%, but still, yeah, I get a good night's sleep, you know, uh, taking that stuff when I've got a cold, so, <laughs> but, well, uh, <laughs> well, next time you have a cold, you should try some magnesium, melatonin, some grounding, go out and stand on the earth, get your body nice and flat on the earth and do a nice cold shower yeah. for about three minutes and just go to bed. Okay, well, you know what also works really well for me? What's, What's that? that? A hot a hot cup of sweet lemon-flavored TheraFlu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That works sometimes, too. That works sometimes, too. Sean, I appreciate it, my friend. we got some other calls here I want to get to in a second. I do want to ask you, speaking of the, the cold therapy, mm-hmm. I've been doing this since, I want to say, Jan- uh, December, January-ish. Uh, I, got, I got onto Wim Hof. I learned yes. about Wim Hof. I learned about... The cold exposure, his breathing technique. I, I purchased his app for the year. I, I love it. I do the breathing technique every day. I just broke my record. Yeah. Three minutes and 20 seconds, I held my breath a few nights ago. Yes. I've never been able, I've always had lo- horrible respiratory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not horrible, but I've never been able to run or have long stamina or actually have cardio at all. Um, so the deep breathing has helped a lot. But the cold therapy, I love, I have not taken a hot shower in I don't know how long. Oh, when we had that really cold, deep freeze back in February. In the negative 20-degree weather, before I go to work at 5.36 a.m., I was sitting outside for about 20 minutes with the wife. was like, you're going to get frostbite. Get your butt in here. But I loved it. It felt good to me. I enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was telling you about how we also do the cold therapy at home, but, like, my kids will run around in the snow barefoot. Like, if it snows mm. out or if it's freezing cold, I'm like, let's go outside. They're they're all my grounding buddies. I mean, yeah. my daughter will go lay out on the uh 
the concrete out back and and when it's cold like you said really we'll just lay there in our swimsuits and just let i mean it's freezing cold on the ground but we you do your breath work you do it. what does that do for the for your health what does that actually do yeah so that it reduces inflammation it helps your body produce more stem cells it activates the um autophagy so it's like eating up the the bad cells in your body interesting mm-hmm. I, it's funny because there was a there was a doctor's medical show on a Facebook, I don't know, a few months ago, and I had asked him the question about the cold therapy, and it was right around that time with the deep freeze, and I said, you know, exposing yourself to cold, taking cold showers, what does that do? And he's a heart doctor, mm-hmm. so I was like, maybe he's got some really cool insight on this, and he goes, his response was... Um, I don't recommend it because it could make you sick and get the flu. No. And I was like, wait, what? That's no. not the response that you needed to hear here. No, this is the exact opposite, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If your body's cold, it goes into that drive of needing to burn things in your body to create warmth, which means mm-hmm. it's going to burn all the bad stuff out, you mm-hmm. think, right? Absolutely, I do. And and I share a lot of that on my Instagram. I'm constantly posting all the time, and I'm posting the research behind it, the the scientific reviews that are, you know, advocating for it um, and with all the information explaining why and, and showing yeah. you how. Um, the Wim Hof part of with the deep breathing as well, what does that actually do? From what I understand from Wim Hof is that when you, and for those that don't know, it's 30 like super deep breaths, almost hyperventilating deep in, deep out for 30 times. Then you exhale, is, uh, you exhale all the air out of your breath. You hold it as long as you can, and then you do a deep breath for about 15 seconds, hold it, and then you repeat the cycle. And you do that like three or four times, and you feel... Pretty crazy at the end of it. Um, but from what he's explained is that it gets down to essentially the uh, the basics of your nervous system to allow you to help control and regulate your immune system to where if you are sick or you are exposed to something, you can actually manually trigger your immune system to fight something off and target blood flow. I mean, when he talks about doing breaking all these records for uh, being in icicles or being in you know the glaciers and whatever, that he can actually control where the blood flow is to actually keep himself warm i mean is that what the breath does is it absolutely yes um we do we do the wim hof method at home we do box breathing at home my kids know four in hold four four out hold four okay it can help reduce anxiety it can help reduce cortisol which cortisol is one of the biggest things that can creep in and and keep you sick and cause you sick okay um yeah so everything that wim hof is saying is absolutely true (laughs) Cool. I love it. Let's take one more break here. It's Megan Lubers. Uh, where can people find you online? Where's the, What are the websites? Yeah, so I'm actually on Instagram at Megsnolia. And then when you go to my Instagram, you'll see that I have a link tree with research and articles and different products that I use. Um, a lot of the products I use, the companies, they've given me discount codes so that you can go and get okay. what I use daily in my life and I have been using for a long time. Okay. Um, so that's exciting because... I want people to to be able to have what I have, and and it's more it. than just diet stuff too, isn't it? It's, I mean, you do a lot of stuff. Oh, absolutely! I share like I share the bedding that I buy because our bedding's organic. I share the household mm. cleaners that we use because everything's you know non toxic, organic. Yeah, um, I recommend um, the grounding mat that I sleep on. Interesting. Some of it has discount codes, and some of it doesn't. If it has has a discount code great if it doesn't it's just a product i truly believe in and i've researched that you just like it yeah mm-hmm. i had no idea about a grounding mat you can sleep on that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. yeah. uh we got so much to talk about all right let's take a break we got about eight minutes to the top of the hour we'll kind of cram some of this in when we come back plus i want to talk about for those that are religious or spiritual on the effects that it has on that aspect of your life with doing this change as well as we kind of wrap up today it's megan lubers it's kqam it's candace talk right here on the big talker kqam stay here
Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes, five minutes, the top of the hour goes by way too fast. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Megan Lewis. Uh, Megan, I'm so excited you came on the program. We got to do this again. Thank you yeah, for this. Welcome. This is a lot of fun. Um, the last couple minutes, I want to touch on a couple different topics. As for some of my listeners know, and I've talked about this on the air as well a little bit, is that uh, this the change with looking into this stuff, understanding the, the cleaner living, the cleaner lifestyle, healthy eating, started with more of a spiritual journey and a religious journey for me that really started about a year, year and a half ago, became super duper into learning about theologies, different theologies, learning about different ideas, doing different practices, trying different stuff, which is amazing to me. How does that side tie into the healthy eating, the diet, the lifestyle that we're going down right now? Well, um, I mean, I think it all goes hand in hand because God created this earth and he he gave everything on this earth for us. And so yeah. for me and my family, you know, we just try to live a life that serves God. And, and it's something that I say every day, Lord, you know, let me do your will. Yep. And it's just, it's just, it's very much, if you, I feel like God is, is, you know, the puppeteer of. Yeah. That allows it all to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, we realized this when, and I've mentioned before, you know, with the wife being sick, we realized that, you know, obviously God put certain plants on the earth to help us, to mm-hmm. heal us. And we're not using them. And that's really kind of what led that down because I feel more comfortable right now going outdoors, outside into the woods or into a field or something like that and being more connected than I am actually just going to church. I haven't gone to church in years, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel more connected now and religious or spiritual or whatever you want to call it now than I think I ever have, even Mm -hmm. as a kid growing up in church. True. Yeah. uh, A lot of people just don't see that though. It's kind of weird. It's very strange. Um, We got just about a minute or so left here, a couple minutes, but talk about the struggles you guys have had. We talked a little bit off the air about vaccines, obviously COVID vaccines being a big thing right now. I'm not getting it. I'm assuming you guys haven't gotten it. Um, And that's going to be, I think, the next identity politics of you're the dirty people of society because you're not getting this vaccine. Um, Have your kids gotten vaccinated and how does that kind of made things complicated with maybe schooling and going to school? Sure. So, um, well, just a really fast background. I don't know how much time we have left, but um, in in my last semester of nursing school, the dean of our program had my class do a debate on vaccinations, immunizations, um, and she chose for me to be on the opposition. So it's my job to do all the research against immunizations and vaccines in order to get that A. Sure. Um, and because I did go to a Catholic college, I also dug into the Catholic um, church teachings, you know, way back. And and it, here I am at this debate, literally in tears, crying, advocating for not not getting like vaccines. not just doing it for the grave, <laughs> but truly meaning it. It became it became it became a part of me. Yeah. I was pregnant at the time. Nobody knew yet. I hadn't told anyone that I was five months pregnant. And I was actually um, dealing with a complication in the pregnancy that mm. now I know is is more than likely from the flu vaccine that I received while I was pregnant. And mm. um, anyways, so so yeah, my daughter was vaccinated through kindergarten her last time, and that's because that was before I'd done all the research. And sure. then my son was vaccinated the last time when he was one. I finally got the... Um, Guts, if you will, to tell my pediatrician that I didn't want to vaccinate anymore at his 18-month appointment. Sure. So, so last time he received a vaccine was when he was one, and he's seven now. And and yes, that caused um, problems with us that I didn't know would exist because the Catholic Diocese here in Wichita mandates vaccines pre-COVID, pre-anything. 
And so when my son went to kindergarten, um, we were up against getting kicked out of school at a school that I was wow. incredibly involved in. Yeah. So and we homeschool now because we can't. It's the homeschooling. You've been kicked out of society now. Got to go underground into your We're own no thing. We're no longer uh, allowed to send our kids for Catholic education. Wow. I, I want to spend some more time on vaccines. We're out of time, though, on that one. And uh, it's a discussion we'll have to have with other individuals and with, with yourself as you get back on here. But Megan Luber's uh, Meg's Nolia on, on like Instagram. Me- like Magnolia, but Meg's. Meg's Nolia. Yes. I love it. Um, Megan, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Let's do this again real soon. Yeah, thank you, Andy. It's I love it. Great. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different conversation, and we love doing it. We'll be back here again on Kansas Talk next week, 9 to 11. Also, make sure to tune in to the National Voice of Reason Monday at 4 p.m. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great weekend.